Hey, welcome to my story. I'm your host, Jeff Bramlett. First of all, I want to thank our sponsors, North Georgia Business Machines and 41 Photography and Crossroad Ministries. And thank you so much for watching today. And I also want to thank our guest, the Reverend Evangelist Brian Fawcett. Thank you so much, Brian, for being here. And we're going to talk about your story. And as I've thought about you, Brian, some of my earliest memories of us knowing each other, we've known each other our whole lives, because uh, we're cousins, was your dad picking my brother and me up and going over to your house and playing with you, and also your dad taking us to watch you practice football and play football. You, you didn't probably know he was up there watching, but I remember watching you practice football and play football and, and going to your house and playing. You always had the, the cool stuff out in the yard and cool toys and everything. And your dad had the first car that I ever remember is a Cadillac that had power windows. And he played a joke on me. Your dad was a practical joker. And uh, I remember I was in the back seat and he was showing us his new car. Me and my brother's in the back seat. And uh, I stuck my arm out the back window and he rolled up the windows from the front and stuck my arm. And my arm got stuck out the window hanging out there. I'm like, oh, hell, you know, what's going on? I had no idea what was going on. He was just laughing his head off, you know, because he done the power windows there. So that's one of the fond memories I have of us. But thank you so much for being here. And I look forward to hearing your story. Uh, is there anything you'd like to share with us about? I know you're raised in Dalton, Georgia. Uh, were you born in Dalton? Born in Dalton, raised in Dalton, went to Dalton High. Yeah. Now, you tell me a story before the show started about even before you were born, uh, God had a purpose for you. And would you like to share that with us today? Yeah. You know, as an evangelist and preacher and certainly growing, um, you know, older, you reflect and you think, you know, about your life and uh, your purpose and, you know, how you um, arrived at what you do. And, uh, you know, uh, I know without a shadow of a doubt that uh, God's purpose for my life was for me to be an evangelist, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I, I know that uh, he formed me in my mother's womb uh, to be an evangelist. You know, I've joked and, and kidded with a lot of people, you know, if you uh, halfway try, you can see people's uh, giftedness when they're young, you mm -hmm. know, uh, even, you know, third, fourth, fifth grade, you can, you can see a kid's giftedness. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's funny because uh, I probably in third, fourth, fifth grade wrote a hundred thousand times, I will not talk in class. I will not talk in class. And, uh -huh. You know, it's so funny because, you know, that's what I do for a living is talk, you know, uh -huh. uh, but uh, about Jesus, about the gospel. But uh, mm -hmm. I look back and, and I see even before I was born, uh, Satan, uh, you know, uh, the opposition, uh, he's the enemy. Uh, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And mm -hmm. and I believe he tried to, uh, you know, wipe me out before I was even born. My my mother, uh, her uh, brother was uh, chief of police in Suwannee, Georgia. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, he had uh, pulled somebody over. Um, didn't know at the time. Pulled him over for speed and didn't know they were uh, uh, an escaped convict. Had an arsenal in the car. As soon as he walked up mm -hmm. on the car the guy shot him five times you know killed him instantly mm. and uh, that was six weeks before i was born you know she went mm. in shock almost lost me mm. uh, just uh you know i look back now and and spiritually you know mm -hmm. uh, through spiritual eyes see that you know that was just the enemy trying to take me out before i was even born you mm -hmm. know before i uh, had even uh, realized my purpose you know in life mm -hmm. yeah you know us growing up as kids you're a little bit older than I am, but I don't think either one of us would have ever imagined that we'd go into the ministry. 
you know, as, as Key has grown up. I think we had different goals and passions and dreams. What were some goals, passions, and dreams that you had as a kid growing up? Well, my dad had a fitness studio, you know, in uh, the first one uh, in our hometown in Dalton. Uh, it was uh, down under the um, overhead bridge. It was Tom's Health Studio. Mm-hmm. And he had uh, he was friends with people like Paul Anderson, who was a world's strongest man. He actually brought Paul here mm-hmm. uh, in the 60s uh, for a, a physique show he was doing uh, to do um, uh, powerlifting. You know, Paul had won the gold medal in the Olympics in 56. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was a mountain of a man. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was small and uh, and I met Paul, oh. uh, you know, uh, dad introduced me to him. And, you know, um, Paul was just an incredibly strong man. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'd take a spike and put it in the palm of his hand and, and shove it through a two by four mm-hmm. uh, with his brute strength. And I remember him uh, leaning over to me as a small child, shaking my hand and telling mm-hmm. me, uh, you know, uh, your daddy is one of the strongest men that I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, man, I, I just couldn't believe that. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, here the world's strongest man was telling me my dad was, you know, and, and I just idolized my dad. I looked mm-hmm. up to him and, and uh, you know, he had a, a fitness studio. So when I got older, that's, that's kind of, you know, the direction uh, that I leaned. I wanted to have a fitness studio, opened up a, a gym, Dynabody Fitness in mm-hmm. uh, my hometown in Dalton. And uh, man, loved it. Uh, planned on doing that for the rest of my life. Uh, enjoyed it. Was a mm-hmm. competition bodybuilder and, you know, just really loved it. And, uh, uh, you know, God saved me and, you know, changed my direction, you know, mm-hmm. because right after I got saved, I knew, uh, you know, that I was called to preach and mm-hmm. uh, had absolutely no doubts uh, about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just thought and thought and thought, and I knew that, you know, I could spend the rest of my life, you know, uh, helping people, you know, with their self-esteem and, you know, shedding weight, shaping their, their body and, and somewhat their, their life. But mm-hmm. I knew the most important thing that I could spend my days and my time, whether it was 10, 20, you know, 40, 50 years, was, you know, seeing people saved. That's right. Know, seeing people saved and changed for all eternity mm-hmm. and uh, knowing that they're going to heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got similar lives and background and stuff. You know, uh, I remember I was so excited when my dad gave me my first weightlifting set. And uh, and he, he told me to talk to your dad about, you know, proper technique and forms and working out philosophies and that kind of stuff. And your dad's a practical joker. And, uh, you know, he would, when you shook his hand, he'd, you know, he'd put, put a little, little twist to the handshake, so to speak, and, you know, he was, he was our cousin, but, you know, he called me uncle, you know, Uncle Tom, you know, mm-hmm. called uncle. And of course, I always called him uncle or whatever, whatever he wanted me to call him, you know, mm-hmm. so he let go of my hand because he's so strong and stuff. And uh, I really appreciate him teaching me how to lift weights properly and that kind of stuff. And uh, I still got those weights to this day and I hope to pass them along to my kids. But, yeah, just a great time and great memories there. And, you know, you had the Dynabody for a number of years, and then uh, we had Total Health downtown. And like you, uh, I wanted to help people physically get in shape and be healthy, but uh, eternal things were more important than earthly things, you know. And uh, can you share with us uh, your life before Christ uh, and then then you accepting Christ, the details of you accepting Christ? You know, um Looking back on my life, man, uh, you know, my mom and dad got a divorce when I was young, and, uh, you know, that was a, a big impact 
on me, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, there were so many different things um, in my life. You know, I had a special ed sister, special mm-hmm. needs sister, and uh, Michelle, uh, you know, when she was born, uh, the doctors told my mom that she would never, you know, walk, never talk, never live to be 10 years old, and mm-hmm. uh, she um, uh, turned 50 right before she passed. Oh. And, uh, you know, that was my mom's tender, loving care, taking care of her, mm-hmm. and uh, but having having her... You know, it, it really taught me so much, you know, because I was around all the special needs kids in all of her classes. And, uh, man, they just love unconditionally. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was uh, such an impact uh, on me, a bigger impact than I knew at the time. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, just uh, learning, you know, those kids are happy mm-hmm. uh, no matter the circumstances. And mm-hmm. today I think we learn our circumstances, you know, Um, you know, how much money we have, what kind of influence we have, what station we have in life, especially with social media, Mm -hmm. uh, dictate, you know, our our feelings and our thoughts. And uh, it it brings on depression, suicide, and so many other terrible things. And, you know, I think people just need to realize, man, uh, you're special in God's eyes, and God made you for a purpose. Mm -hmm. Uh, God's got a plan for you. And uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, is one of my favorite verses, you know, Mm -hmm. I never forget. I pastored, you know, for a long time before I went on the road and, you know, I was having a difficult, discouraging time, like a lot of pastors. And I came home one day and my my wife had written me a letter and Mm -hmm. it was very encouraging letter, very thoughtful letter. And uh, at the bottom of it was that verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. And I just made it my last verse because, mm-hmm. you know, the bottom line is, you know, the Lord does not have plans for disaster for you. That's right. But the devil does. Mm-hmm. And and he's the enemy. And, you know, we, we have to remember that he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, he's a liar. And he'll lie to you. You know, he'll, he'll lie to each and every one of us. And uh, we, we have to make sure that we're not letting the devil get in our ear right. and, and whisper uh, things to us like we don't matter or we're not important or, mm-hmm. or you know, why don't we just go ahead and end it all? You know, mm-hmm. because the bottom line is uh, God does have great plans for us right. uh, and a great future, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, in, in heaven, but also here, That's you right. know. Uh, I think back about the greatest things in my life, man, uh, salvation, you know, mm-hmm. uh, getting saved and, you know, getting married, you know, marrying the girl of my dreams mm-hmm. and having four beautiful children. You know, God's given me uh, such a great family and uh, an incredible ministry uh, that we've been able to go, you know, uh, all around the world, all over the United States. And, you know, I never would have dreamed that, you know, I remember mm-hmm. in the in the halls of Dalton High when I was young, you know, thinking, man, I just want to get out of this town. I just want to get out of this town. And now right. I've been all over the world, and all I ever say is I just want to go home, Yeah, you know. And you you, you learn to love and appreciate home, you know, when mm-hmm. you get older. Yeah. You know, God proved the doctors wrong with Michelle, you know, how she be and how long she lived and everything. And I love to hear stories of how God proves us wrong and proves doctors wrong and scientists and everybody else, you know. Before I was even born, uh, my dad was in a bad car wreck. And they first said, well, he won't live through it. And then they said, well, if he does, he'll be a vegetable. And they said, well, if he's able to think and talk and all that, he won't be able to walk. Well, he lived long enough to uh, have two kids and get married and have two kids. And when I was 13, he could still outrun me. You know, so everything the doctor said, God proved the doctors wrong. 
we serve a great God, you know, and a faithful God, you know. And I was also thinking, you talked about discouragement. I'm, I'm a pastor still. God's moved you along to evangelism. We'll talk more about that here in a second. But I was thinking just yesterday when I was going down the road that, you know, the church should be the happiest place on earth, you know. And uh, it shouldn't be a place of discouragement. We should be encouraged. And, uh, but pastors get discouraged a lot of times, you know. It, I'm sure evangelists get discouraged. But I tell my people, if you're discouraged, you need to come to church to be encouraged. And if you're full of encouragement, you need to go to church to possibly encourage somebody. And I'm glad God bless you with a wife that encourages you and bless you. Now, talking about that, uh, tell us about your wife, uh, when you've been married, how long you've been married, and what her name is and all that kind of stuff for our viewers today. We've, we've been married for almost 30 years and uh, four beautiful children. And, uh, you know, when we got married, uh, I'll never forget, man, uh, you know, as soon as I met her, the first time we went out, I, I told her I was going to marry her. I oh. knew she was the one. And, uh you know, I, I had no idea uh, what an impact uh, our wedding was going to be yeah. uh, because our wedding was very uh, uh, instrumental in my salvation. Uh, there was a man named uh, Lamar Graham, you know, that uh, married us, and, and it was kind of funny. My wife told me when we, uh, you know, planned the, the wedding, you know, uh, she said, uh, you know, I want you to uh, go and, and get the tuxedos and uh, I want you to get the preacher. Uh -huh. You know, she said, I'll do everything else, but those are your two assignments. And uh, I thought, well, you know, that, that's easy enough. You yeah. know, I went out to the, uh, you know, mall and got those Michael Jordan jams. And we look like a bunch of 200 pound penguins, you know, <laughs> with the tails and everything. Uh -huh. And, yeah. and uh, but, you know, when it came time to get a preacher, man, you know, I didn't I'd been out of church for over 10 years of my life. You know, I didn't mm -hmm. know any pastor friends now 20 or 30 of my best friends are pastors. But, uh -huh. you know, back then I didn't have any pastor friends. And so. You know, I knew this man that had helped us with the gym to, you know, uh, basically to, uh, uh, he was carpenter by trade and, and he was doing, you know, different things, you know, building a pro mm -hmm. shop and different things. I got to know him mm -hmm. and uh, he was a, a bivocational preacher. Oh. And uh, I, I went up to him and I said, hey, Lamar, if you don't mind, would you, you know, do us the honor of, of uh, you know, performing our ceremony? He said, oh, I'd be glad to, you know. And uh, I had no idea, man. You know, he, he shows up with this big old coffee table-sized Bible and, mm. uh, you know, uh, that, that white hair just, you know, flowing in the in the wind. And, oh. and uh, you know, he looked at me right before we uh, got married, you know, and and uh, he looked at me and just stopped and, you know, Brian, son, you know, real loud, you know, oh. uh, without God, you're not going to make it, you know. And, and I thought, man, this old man didn't take his medication <laughs> this morning, you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, I was just, you know, I was just, you know, thrown off, you know, and, uh -huh. and he just looked at the whole crowd that day and said, you know, uh, without God, you're not going to make it. And then he just slipped back into preacher man uh -huh. and, and, you know, started doing the service and, and, uh, you know, that got my attention, man, you know, cause I wanted to be a, a good father. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to be a, a good husband. You know, mm -hmm. those were things that were important to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, uh, I didn't have a role model, you know, because my parents got a divorce when I was young. So, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't, I didn't have a role model, you know. And yeah. so, um, you know, but I had a desire. I wanted to be a good husband. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I remember that happening. And I just thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. And several weeks after is when I got saved, you oh. know. And uh, I remember, um, you know, going to uh, Friend Day. And oh. it was at our church. 
and we had, you know, tried some different churches, visited some different churches, mm-hmm. and uh, I was raised in church, uh, walked the aisle when I was a little boy, uh, just felt like it didn't stick, you know, had been out of church for 10 years, partying and hanging out, doing different things, and really, you know, hanging out with bad influences. And one thing, you know, when you hang out with the bad influence, it's not long do you become the bad influence, wow. you know. Yep. And, uh, you know, uh, I knew, man, that I had to get right with God. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd been thinking about the call to preach. I'd been in this church, you know, for a while, and they had friend day. And when they had friend day, you know, uh, there were over 300 people there and, wow. and the preacher started preaching and I'll never forget Shane Craven wow. uh, was pastor at Mount Rachel Baptist Church in Dalton, wow. Georgia. Yep, and, uh, uh, you know, he was preaching on the second coming and uh, he talked about, you know, him going up and his wife going up and his little boy going up and I could just see myself nailed to the floor, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, man, I invitation I shot out, you know, right hand side, tackled four or five people and, you know, got up there and nearly shook his arm off. And, you know, and he said, well, you know, are you are you coming to, you know, rededicate? I said, no, man, I'm coming to get saved. I said, you know, I want to know that I know that I know I don't want any doubts. I don't want any questions. You know, I want to know that I know that I know that I'm going to heaven. And, you know, it's you know, one of those things for each and every person, you know, you've got to nail it down. You've got to know that there's a time. And I tell people, man, you know, hey, you know, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes, but I'm forgiven. That's right. And I know that I'm going to heaven. Yep, that's right. Awesome testimony. Well, you know, the Bible says, do not be deceived. Evil company ruins good habits. And I shared that recently in church. And I said, good habits, you quit reading your Bible as much. When you hang around evil people, you quit praying as much. You quit reading the Bible as much. You quit going to church. And from your testimony, I'll say that was kind of going on, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, you, yeah, you're hanging around the wrong yeah. kind of people. You got out of church and, you know, but praise God, he brought you back to church through marriage. And that's just awesome, you know, how you got saved and stuff. Uh, well, just talk about your, uh, you got four kids. And uh, you want to share a little bit about, about your kids? Yeah, my oldest is Macy, and um, uh, she's 25, and Kenzie's 22. Uh, Jake, my only son, is uh, about to turn 19, and then my baby girl, 16, Marley. Uh-huh. Awesome, awesome. They're a blessing, aren't they? They Thank are, good. tremendous. You know, I got three, and uh, I wonder how four or more. Brian, but my wife said no. That was it. That's <laughs> right. And, uh, but yes, they're such super blessing there. Well, let's talk a little bit about, about your ministry, Fawcett Ministries. I know you're a full-time evangelist. And uh, I just want to encourage churches and men's ministries and any organization that wants the gospel to be presented uh, to have Brian come. You know, uh, he's shared the pulpit. I don't let just anybody come and share the pulpit at my church. He's always done a great job of sharing the gospel. And um, I tell him he's got a little bit of his dad in him. His dad was a great storyteller, and you're a great storyteller and, and sharing the gospel. And uh, why don't you just share a little bit about your ministry as a full-time evangelist? Well, man, I, I love to uh, go and, and, you know, get to experience different people in different places. It's always exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great life. You know, I pastored for almost five years before I went on the road, been on the road almost 20, and uh, have had the opportunity to go, you know, you know, literally 
you know, all over the world, uh, across the United States, uh, mm-hmm. ministering in many, many different states and many different circumstances. Uh, the three goals of our ministry are real simple. You know, number one, we want to see people saved. You know, number two, we want to see the church revived. You know, and uh, number three, you know, we want to see pastors encouraged because like you were talking about, you know, there's so many discouraged pastors today, right. especially going through COVID, you know, mm-hmm. uh, relaunching their churches, you know, talking to a pastor yesterday about, you know, needing to relaunch and get his mm-hmm. people back, you know, right. and uh, renewing and refreshing. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, did a revival down in Savannah several months back and uh, just happened to be the first Sunday night that they uh, regathered since COVID, you oh. know. And, uh, you know, at the very beginning, you know, the people really didn't know how to respond. And, you know, they were kind of, you know, shy, you know, with each other. And mm-hmm. uh, I noticed by the end of the week, you know, of course, we had people saved. We had the altars full, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the church was revived. But by the end of the week, people were hugging and, you know, uh, you know, fist bumping and, you know, uh, it, it was some normalcy, you know, right. God used that event, you know, to help bring some normalcy back mm-hmm. uh, to their church and the fellowship back to their church, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's it's really something. It's amazing to watch how God uh, moves and, and, and works. You know, you'll preach a message and somebody will go out of there and say, you know, well, you know, boy, my marriage really needed that. And you're sitting yeah. there thinking, I didn't even talk about marriage. But right. the Holy Spirit took that message and, you mm-hmm. know, and, and worked in their life, you know, where they needed it. Right. Yeah. Well, I think one of the great things that you've been an evangelist is you're a pastor before. And you walked in their shoes. And so few people have been pastors. They have no idea what pastors are going through, you know. And, but you do. So not only can you minister to their congregation, you can minister to the pastors, you know, and that's a blessing too. It is, and and I think that was something that God allowed me to go through so many different things as a pastor, you know, Mm -hmm. so many different circumstances, and, um, and, you know, really prepared me uh, for the ministry, you know, that I've done for the past 20 years Mm -hmm. and being on the road and, and, you know, having that conversation with that pastor, you know, because Mm -hmm. he struggles a lot of times, you know, he doesn't know who he can trust, who he can tell anything to, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And a lot of times, pastors I open up and talk, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to the guy that's passing through, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, and it has been a great opportunity to minister to many, many pastors. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we don't know why we're going through trials and tribulations as Christians or as ministers, you know. But uh, as I was reading Scripture recently, one of the reasons, I believe, according to Scripture, is so we can comfort one another. You know, you, you've been a pastor, so you know the good and the bad and the ugly, you know. And then when you get to minister to another pastor, you can help comfort them and encourage them because you've been there, you know, and you've done it, you know. And that's a big blessing. Uh, for pastors to have evangelists like you to come into the church, you know, and to, to minister to them. I know I've gone through stuff, and I'm thinking, why am I going through this? Well, it's probably so I can help other people go through it and to comfort them as, as a pastor to, to congregation members and stuff. Um, is there any crossroads in life or any, any other major events in life you'd like to share with us about your life and your story today? Well, I think there's been many, you know, and, um, you know, every single struggle, you know, every valley that you go through is an opportunity for God to show up, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, 
unfortunately, I think we pay more attention to God in the valleys than we do the mountaintops. Because when we're in the mountaintops, we don't, you know, take time to, to thank Him for the many blessings. When everything's good and everything's going great, you know. But it's those times that things aren't as good, you know, that maybe we struggle you know, mm-hmm. with our health or struggle, you know, uh, with our finances or struggle, you know, uh, in other ways, spiritually, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that we just feel empty, you know, that we find ourselves, you know, in a perfect position to really have a God moment, you mm-hmm. know, because God comes through then and, and he shows himself then. And we learn more in the valleys than we do the mountaintops. That's and, right. you know, when we're going through that, that time, we've got opportunity to either get better or get bitter. And, you know, I've just learned along the way to just focus on how God is moving, how God has, uh, you know, got our best uh, in store and in mind. And, you know, we may not understand it at the time in the middle of the darkness of the storm, but he is giving us an opportunity to help, you know, prepare us to help others, Mm -hmm. uh, you know. And, uh, man, uh, so many times in my life, man, I've I've had that, that before me, you know, to, you know, you can get bitter over this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to act like it's, you know, quicksand and let it just, just drown you, you know. Mm-hmm. Or you can get better and you can just say, hey, man, I'm going to choose uh, to be intentional and do good things out of this, you know. Mm-hmm. Everything we do, man, we have to be intentional. It's not just going to happen, you know. Right. Leading people to Jesus, you've got to be intentional with the gospel, you know. Right. Uh, you know, it's not just going to happen. Uh, putting a smile on your face in the morning. You got to be intentional, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, encouraging others, you got to be intentional, you know. Mm-hmm. And I've not always done it, but one of the life's goals that I have is to add value to people. You know, I would love for people to to say, you know, I'm a better person because Brian Fawcett walked through my life. That's right. You know, he added value to me. He made he made an impact on me. Mm-hmm. And like I say, I've not always been able to do that. Not always been able to say that. Mm-hmm. But that's a life goal, you know, that I want to add value. And I want to make a positive impact on people's life and, and be an, an encouragement, you know. Mm-hmm. In other words, be a blessing instead of a burden. That's right. Yeah. Well, I definitely can see in your lifetime, Brian, that uh, the Lord has changed you. You know, he's changed your heart and made you a different creature. We're a new creature in Christ when we're born again. And I, I know you've been born again spiritually. And uh, I just think about us growing up days, you know, uh, we were rowdy kids. And uh, I'd make you mad, my older cousin mad, but God blessed me with speed where I could outrun y'all. And y'all had a hard time catching me and getting me. And uh, uh, appreciate y'all not, uh, you and Gary and others not hurting me and, and destroying me as a kid. And I made y'all mad and stuff. But uh, is there any uh, words of wisdom you'd like to share with us uh, that you've learned in your life uh, that you think can help people out that you haven't shared with us yet? I think just, man, invest in your life, uh, you know, loving your family, uh, never taking a day for granted, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's so many times that, um, you know, we, we waste time and energy on negative things, you know, mm-hmm. uh, holding grudges, uh, you know, being mad, uh, you know, having fights that we don't even remember why, you know, we started the fight, you know, what started mm-hmm. the fight. 
And it's just so important, man, to uh, just remember that God gave you that breath today, you know, and mm-hmm. use it for his glory, you know, and, and not to, you know, get off on things that, uh, you know, really have no purpose, no value, uh, mm-hmm. but stay focused on kingdom things and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to pour into others, you know, to really, you know, try to invest your, your life into others and make a difference, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, growing up, I always uh, had a game that I played with my three daughters. I would always talk about Dream Man. And mm-hmm. and I would say, okay, I'm going to give you 30 seconds, you know, to tell me what your Dream Man is. And when they first started out, they were like, oh, he's good looking. and uh-huh. uh, You know, he's he's funny. And, you know, one of my daughters said, he's rich, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. and, uh, but then I taught him what was really important is, you know, for him to be saved, yeah. you know, to be a Christian. Because mm-hmm. if he didn't love God, he wasn't going to love her like he should. Mm-hmm. And and then number two, to to love that person, mm-hmm. you know. Because the bottom line is, you know, beauty fades. Uh, you know, uh, I kid around, man. You know, uh, I've gained so much weight since I got married. You know, there's half of me my wife ain't married to. You know, <laughs> and uh, you know, I say we're either going to have to go back and have another service and make it legal, or I'm going to have to lose some weight. You know, uh-huh. but you know, the bottom line, man. You know, the the weight, you know, comes and goes. Uh, uh, beauty phase, but if you love somebody, man, you're going to mm-hmm. be with them at their bedside if they've got cancer. You're going to be with them if they go through Alzheimer's. You're going to be be with them, I mean, through the thick and the thin, you know, uh-huh. uh, rich and the poor, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it makes a difference, man, who you marry, because the three most important decisions that you're going to make in your entire life is, number one, Jesus. Mm-hmm. If you get that wrong, you know, you're going to go to hell. Right. Number two, who you marry. If you get mm-hmm. that wrong, you're going to live in hell. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, right. and number three, you know, what you do for a vocation, you know, mm-hmm. and there's a big difference in a job and a call. Right. And I believe God calls us all, you know, doesn't call us all to preach, but he, he calls us all. He's given us all a purpose and mm-hmm. finding that purpose and, and spending your life investing in that call you know, mm-hmm. will make the biggest difference in the world. But those three choices, man, you know, what you're going to do with Jesus and who you're going to marry and what you're going to do for a vocation, you know, mm-hmm. because you spend more time in that vocation than any other thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you don't want to spend your life just working a job. You know, mm-hmm. you you want to spend a life working your call. That's right. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this uh, as a one dad to the other. Does your daughters have to get uh, your blessing before they go out with a guy or before they marry a guy? They they do, <laughs> and uh, and they know that, and they have, and and uh-huh. uh, you know it's it's interesting, you know. Uh, you know, one of my daughters uh, just had a dance at high school, you know, last night, uh-huh. and uh, you know it was funny, you know. The young man came to the door, knocked on the door, came in, met me, you know, and it mm-hmm. was wonderful, you know. Yeah. Great, great guy. They had a great time. Uh huh. Reason why I was asked, well, I have two daughters myself and got a son. And uh, but I remember years ago, this lady had a son, and uh, he he liked this girl. And come to find out, her dad was a pastor. And I don't want to mention any names, uh, but Brian would know this pastor if I told you. But anyway, so he asked this this lady was telling me so the son asked the girl out, and she said, "Well, uh, you have to ask my dad." You have to go through him before I can tell you yes or no. And the guy's like, oh, really? That, that never happened to him before. And and so she said, well, my dad's a pastor, and, and that's the way I was raised, that 
I can't go out with somebody until my dad gives the okay. So he was just super nervous. He was floored. Christian guy and everything, but he was dreading that first uh, contact with the dad, uh, you know, just to go out with a date with his girl. And this was before my kids were old enough to date and all that kind of stuff. So I told my wife, I said, I think we need to have that rule right here. Because I'm not sure it goes well with most kids, you know, uh, asking. So I was just curious if, if your kids had to be that way with you. So, uh, but I always tell them, hey, it, it's one way out. You know, if you don't like the person, just say, well, my dad said you, I can't go out with you. So it gives them a way out, right? You know, and, um, but I know I almost got in trouble with, uh, my future wife because uh, I felt like I needed to get their their blessing and uh, I didn't tell her I was doing that and I went and had that talk and uh, of course that was getting married I didn't have the talk to go out with her that was a different story but uh, do you have any people speaking of people in your life is there any people that's influenced your life uh, that you like to thank or mention uh, on this podcast today yeah, they are definitely. Um, we we've went over uh, one or two, I think, since we've been talking. Uh, the one that led me to the Lord that was preaching when I got saved, Shane Craven. Uh, not mm. only was that a huge impact, you know, but uh, he's been a tremendous friend uh, throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been in different churches. He's always had me to uh, come and preach revivals. Uh, he's been a tremendous. Uh, encouragement and uh, a, a huge uh, uh, supporter you know a mm-hmm. great friend and um, you know uh, even to this day man you know I know I can call him you know anytime uh, Johnny Hunt has been a huge influence in my life mm-hmm. um, Dr. Johnny Hunt you know has just blessed me so many uh, different ways he's endorsed our ministry uh, from the very beginning uh, I remember his Timothy Barnabas uh, schools he had me come and uh, speak at one of those and do a chapel and you know it was funny several years later he asked me he said did that help you in it all I said Johnny is about 80 percent of what we did you know in the very beginning in the early days you know mm-hmm. and uh, you can even trace back you know uh, you know meetings that we do today uh, people that mm-hmm. you know had us back then you know mm-hmm. and uh, Dr. David Kitchens he was a pastor here locally in Dalton Georgia and mm-hmm. he was a big mentor to me uh, during my days as a pastor and you know, uh, he was uh, the one that ordained me uh, into the gospel ministry. Uh, gave me my first uh, uh, vocational job in in uh, as a youth pastor mm-hmm. uh, at Carolyn Baptist Church in Dalton, Georgia, and awesome. uh, uh, that was uh, the first opportunity that I had. And he gave that to me. Uh, but he was just always there for me, you know, and mm-hmm. always uh, available. Even though he would be very busy, I'd have a question, you know, being a young pastor, and I'd call him up, and he'd spend time with me, you know, and then mm-hmm. he'd always say, you know, got to go to work, got to go to work, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, but I look at others, man. Uh, Bill Britt, uh, a tremendous evangelist. Uh, he he basically uh, gave me... Uh, so many opportunities. Uh, he asked me to preach uh, at the Conference of Southern Baptist Evangelists Retreat. Mm-hmm. Uh, that led to me being uh, the vice president of Conference of Southern Baptist Evangelists the next year, and then the president uh, in 2008 uh, of Cosby, the Conference of Southern Baptist Evangelists. And uh, he's just always been like a, a 
big brother in the ministry. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got Compel Outreach. Uh, they go all over the world. They've got orphanages uh, overseas. Uh, he does uh, tremendous crusades over there. And uh, he's, he's just been a, a huge influence uh, in my life. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for being a blessing to me in my life. Uh, you filled in the pulpit for me and blessed me in that way. And uh, we've had to share the pulpit at some funerals. And uh, that's been a blessing to me. Uh, every time I've reached out to you through the years, you, uh, you encouraged me in the ministry. And I appreciate that. I was just telling my wife just today, there's some people that are just naturally negative and naturally positive, you know. But the key is you have to pray for God's will. When you, you know, whether you're a negative person or a positive person, you, you pray for God's will, you know. And we're, we're called to be encouragers. And I just want to thank you for being an encourager, for encouraging me in my life and my ministry. Uh, you're a walking testimony, you know, and uh, it's it's a blessing to see Christ in you and what God is doing in your life. I look forward to what God is going to do in your life. He's already done a lot in your life. We lived a wonderful life, haven't we? You know, me, and you, me and you have, uh, by God's grace, we have. You know, God's blessed us. Uh, before we even got married and had kids, God had blessed us with loving family members, you know. Um, Diette, your, your grandmother, and uh, loved her. Boy, she could cook and... Uh, we could tell stories about her. She was such a blessing to her. I, you know, we look forward to these people that uh, have gone on to heaven that we'll see again someday. God's blessed us with them in the past. And then God's blessed us with uh, wonderful wives and kids and church family. And they're Christians. We're abundantly blessed, you know, me and you. And uh, But is there any... Um, that you'd like to share with us about Fawcett Ministries. Once again, I'm going to encourage uh, any churches, pastors, ministries to uh, to use Brian. Uh, you can find out uh, at the link below of the podcast how to get in touch with Brian, and they could do a great job for you. He loves the Lord. He know God. He knows God's word. Uh, anything else about Fawcett Ministries you'd like to share, Brian, uh, before we close? Well, it's just so important, you know to have a time of renewal, uh, an intentional time of revival. You know, mm -hmm. we want to see uh, our churches be uh, effective and impact the communities that we're in. And, you know, the bottom line is from time to time, they've just got to have uh, a set aside time, you know, that you're, you know, begging God, God, you know, use me, mm -hmm. you know, God, show up in, in my life, show up in my church. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it gives the uh, pastors a fresh vision for their ministry, mm -hmm. you know, because they're preaching all the time and they have an opportunity to sit under preaching. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there's nothing, you know, I've, I've had it said time and time again, there's nothing new that they're going to hear from me. You know, a lot of times I'm saying the exact same thing the pastor said the week before, the month before, the year before, but mm -hmm. it's just coming from a different voice, you know, right. and Ephesians 4.11 says, you know, the gifts, you know, uh, the gift of the evangelist mm -hmm. is right next to the gift of the pastor in the scripture. And I believe it should be that way uh, now, you know, the pastor and the evangelist should work together as a team mm -hmm. and, um, and use each other's giftedness. You know, uh, mm -hmm. my giftedness is, uh, you know, coming in and drawing the net, you know, uh, mm -hmm. mass evangelism, seeing uh, people saved, you know. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, um, I hope that 
God always uh, uses me to encourage people, but uh, mm-hmm. more so than anything, I want to see the harvest. I want to see people saved and lives changed. That's right. Uh, you know, and uh, that that week it helps the church um, become focused. You know, uh, on the harvest. Uh, mm-hmm. Once again, realize that uh, they're expected to go out and share the gospel. Uh, mm-hmm. That it's not only the preacher's job to share the gospel. You know, it's the believer's job to share the gospel. Right. You know, we're all called to be fishers of men, right. you know, and uh, a lot of times we just need to be uh, reminded of that, encouraged to, to do that, you mm-hmm. know. That's right. You know, Satan hates the church, and he's doing everything he can to keep the doors closed and try to shut the church down. And uh, I just want to encourage pastors to have Brian come, have evangelists come, open the doors up, have revival services again, harvest days, you name it. We can't close the church. We're living in the last days. And we've got to do everything we can to reach the lost, you know. And uh, so I, I appreciate what you're doing. Uh, we need evangelists. Um, how would you like your legacy to be, Brian? Uh, how would you like to be remembered? He loved God and loved people. Real simple, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I want to be uh, remembered um, as loving God with all my heart and loving people, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, loving my uh, family, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I just, there's nothing greater in the world, man, than uh, loving your wife and loving your kids, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I've invested, you know, my life, you know, into my family and into my kids mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, time, energy, and, and money. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I always tell people, you know, you've got to have balance, you know, between those three, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, but you've also got to be very careful where you invest those three, you know, because you've got a limited amount of all, you know, limited mm-hmm. amount of time, limited amount of, of, of energy, and limited amount of money, you know. So you've got to invest wisely with your time, energy, and money. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, um, won't you share some last words you got for us today on this podcast, some good news for us? Well, I, I tell you, uh, Jeff, the uh, best news mm-hmm. in the world is the gospel, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, I just think that we have to be so intentional with the gospel. And uh, I just like to share now with uh, anybody that may be watching or listening, uh, maybe you're out there and you've never made a decision for Christ. Maybe you think, man, I've messed up too much. I, I want you to know that you can never be so far down uh, sin road uh, that, you know, the nail scarred hand of, of Jesus can't reach you and uh, pick you up and save you. And the bottom line, the gospel is what matters. And uh, that's the death, the burial, and the resurrection uh, of Jesus. You know, Jesus died on the cross. Uh, he, he came here, uh, born of a virgin, stepped out of heaven, all the glory and splendor of heaven, born of a virgin via the Virgin Mary, uh, lived a sinless life for 33 years, and then went to that cross for me and for you And on the way to that cross, he had a crown of thorns the size of my little finger shoved down in his head. He had his back beat completely off until his organs were exposed, was spit on, was mocked. But he still went to that cross. And on that cross, he took on my sin, your sin, and the sin of the world. And he gave up his life. Nobody took it. He gave up his life, and they put him in an old barred tomb. And on the third day, he rose again, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And he's a living Savior. And all we have to do is admit our sin and ask him to come in and forgive us. And he'll do that. And if you're at home right now, 
you're watching, maybe on your phone, on computer, and maybe you're listening, you know, and you say, you know, I've never made that decision. I, I can't go to that place that I ever asked Jesus into my heart. I want to just encourage you right now to just say these words and pray this prayer to the Lord. You're not praying it to a church. You're not praying it to a denomination, but you're praying it to Jesus. And just say, Lord, I admit today that I'm a sinner. I know that I've, I've sinned. And today, the very best way I know how, I'm turning from that sin. And I'm turning to you. And I'm trusting you. I come believing today in a bloody cross and an empty tomb. And I surrender all that I am to you. Lord, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Friend, if you just prayed that prayer and you meant it with all your heart, I want to encourage you to do this. Let somebody know. Go to a local church. Get a Bible and start reading that Bible. People say, well, where should I start reading? Read the gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Start with John. John was Jesus' best friend. If you know John, you'll know Jesus. And then pray. People say, well, how do, how do I pray? The Bible talks about prayer, pray without ceasing. But you just pray, it's, it's communicating. Just talk to the Lord. And like a friend of mine told me one time, you know, prayer is a two-way street. Not only talk to the Lord, but then be still and let Him speak to you. Because He will. But just talk to Him. He knows the good, the bad, the ugly. Not only bring Him your request, but thank Him. Thank Him for your salvation. Thank Him for your many blessings. Thank you for that life He's given you. Ask Him, God, what is my purpose? Illuminate my path today. Take me by the hand. Guide me. Help me to make an impact. Help me to add value. Help me to make a difference. Today is the first day of your Christian life. And God is going to have a place prepared for you in heaven when you die. But you need to make up your mind that you're going to spend the rest of your days, whether it's 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, serving Him, glorifying Him, and living for Him. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing that, Brian. And thank you for being here today. I hope you'll come back at some point and... Uh, Brian, yeah. share, how, share with us how we can get in contact with you. Anybody that would like to know more about our ministry, they can go to brianfossett.org, uh, B-R-I-N-F-O-S-S-E-T-T.org, and uh, it tells all about our ministry, uh, how to contact our ministry, uh, how to invest in our ministry, uh, if anybody feels led to do that. And um, it's just... Uh, uh, real simple, uh, just uh, go to that contact. There's a number there. Uh, they can reach us at our office and uh, would love to come uh, be an encouragement and uh, be in Revival or Harvest Sunday. Uh, I know uh, this is the first time in history 
that uh, people from other countries are sending missionaries uh, to America. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I want to see, and I know your heart's desire is to see a great awakening come to our country. Right. And, and the way that a national revival will happen is to have revival in our own communities and revival in the local church. So uh, there's no church too big, too small. Uh, I go to all size churches, and uh, uh, we do revivals uh, typically uh, Sunday uh, through Wednesday. Okay. Uh, but several uh, have uh, chosen to have uh, harvest Sundays, you know, one days. Uh, mm-hmm. That's fantastic. And uh, of course, preparation is uh, always uh, a big part. Billy Graham said preparation is 45% of the effectiveness of a meeting. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, uh, you know, the, the prayer, uh, the promotion, uh, bringing the lost. Uh, being intentional, you know, and then 45% is, uh, you know, uh, the, the after, you know, not, mm-hmm. not just the preparation, but, uh, you know, making sure that the people that, uh, get saved, uh, you know, uh, follow through in baptism, know where the, uh, the church times, you know, know where mm-hmm. the church is and, you mm-hmm. know, those sorts of things. So it's just so important that, uh, you know, we do that, uh, preparation for an event. Mm-hmm. So they can find you on uh, your website mm-hmm. or on Facebook, right? Yeah. I, I, anything else besides those two, or is that yeah, too many ways def- to find you? Definitely BrianFossett.org, okay. uh, our website. Uh, that's a fantastic way to introduce them to the ministry. And uh, any pastor that would like to get in contact with us could just do, do so through there. Okay, awesome. Sounds good. Our crew is laughing at me. That's okay. We're live here, baby. I want to encourage everybody to subscribe to our podcast, to like it, to share it. And if you'd like to sponsor our podcast or advertise on it, or if you'd like to share your story, we'd love to have you come share your story. But we got to okay it before we put it on the air. Isn't that right? All right. Thank you so much for watching. Goodbye, and God bless you.